Hello, everyone. Welcome to another OYMB podcast. And today I am so happy to introduce this incredible woman who I have been coaching with for some time. This lady is a powerhouse and she has come through our Complete Control program and she is now part of our Limitless program. And she has hit the ground running right off the bat, trying to figure herself out like we all are in this world. We are all but human. And if we have the desire and the wills to change, we will find a way. And so today I have invited my client to this podcast because she has an incredible story and she is human and she is willing to share her story with you so you can hopefully find something to relate with, something that maybe helps you click. Because this is something we found in our control program. We have this sense of community there a cohort that is together and they share their stories and they make each other stronger. And these are my hopes today for this conversation that maybe something that this incredible woman says makes a difference in you. So without further ado, I would love to introduce and welcome Susie. Thank you, Susie, for coming to this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Jen. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Oh, it's so good to have you. I know you're a little bit nervous, but who wouldn't be? This is this is a podcast recording. Is it your first podcast recording? Absolutely. Oh, there we go. Well, I'm, I'll be happy to say that we were the first one. Um, no, honestly, I, I'm just so grateful that you came here today and are willing to share a little bit of your story. Obviously, I know you from the coaching um, program that you joined us in, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know you further and watching you grow and go from strength to strength. And and you taking every step with a hum piece of a humble pie all the time, just understanding that we're human, right? We all make mistakes and we learn and we move forward. And, you know, but the fundamental feeling of that we want the change is what's going to drive us moving forward. And it has been a pleasure and it continues to be a pleasure to watch you grow. But why don't you start with telling the audience a little bit about yourself you know, who you are, where you're at, but also what ultimately brought you into this program and the curiosity around it that brought you here. I decided I wanted, I needed to do something about my relationship with alcohol, probably about three years ago, um, and didn't really know where to start. I tried some hypnotherapy, um, and that didn't really make much of a difference. And I was sort of just stumbling around thinking that I should do something, but not really knowing what to do and how to manage my drinking. Um, and I just randomly in the summer, I think it was the, the first week of June, it coincidentally tied in with the fact that I was also extremely worried about a very long summer break um, and was wanting to navigate this long summer break differently this summer rather than how I had previously where it always ended up at the end of the summer. I My marriage was not very good and I was in a really bad place and I had to basically take the whole of September to uh, recover from all of the excesses that we'd had. Anyway, it, it, it you you guys came, it popped up on my um, Instagram feed and I was like, do you know what? I think Rory was saying something. Well, he obviously was saying something. I can't remember what it was about, but it really clicked. And I was like, do you know what? This is really timely because I was just about to go away for these eight weeks. Um, I was introduced to the idea of the complete control program, which was eight weeks. And I was like, this is the sign. This is something which I can really focus on 
and will give my summer some meaning and some account and me some accountability through the wonderful 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 other complete control members um and so i was like right okay this is it i'm going to change it also well i'm going to start trying to change it also coincided in the fact that it was another monday morning and i was hung over again and full of shame and guilt and frustration that i'd drank to excess again and uh I just, I just really got the, I really got the urge that this was, I got the feeling that this was the right thing for me to do. It was, it was really to do with the fact that it was an eight week course. Um, I had no idea, however, what I was going into. I had no idea the, in, the inward journey that it was going to start me on. I really just thought for me, my, the joining process was I've got this long summer. I don't want to spend the whole summer drunk. I need some help. This is this is going to be a miracle cure. But I didn't realize that it involved a whole stripping down of yourself. Um, so that's how I got on the course. And I literally started the day that I arrived in Ibiza. And it finished the day that we left. So, um, and I'm pleased to say that I actually got through the summer but, you know, with lots of bumps, but a lot, you know, so much better than I had navigated it the time before. Mm. Um, it, and it wasn't just the fact that it's a summer thing. Um, because we have a very, we have a, a lovely lifestyle and I seem to be going from one social event to another social event to another holiday. And I was beginning to get to a point where I wasn't actually looking forward to any of it. In fact, mm. it was actually making me very fearful because of how I knew I would behave because I couldn't separate the holidays or the socializing without having a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And then, then knowing that that would mean that I would literally spend the whole time either on holiday or socializing, either drunk or hungover, which is not joyful <laughs> at all. There's a few things that you said there that I want to pick up on and uh, further. And I wonder how many people can relate to that. Well, A, going into the summer season, knowing what usually summers entail, right? There's sunshine, there is, you know, parties, there's holidays, there's relax, there's get-togethers. And also then how many people that comes to the end of the summer, which should be a great feeling, like, yay, we had a great summer and stuff. And instead, they might come to the end of the summer feeling like, oh gosh, um, I'm exhausted, my marriage is not feeling great. And and I think so many people who are watching and listening to this are going to be able to relate to that because that's something we really see with people coming into this program is that when there is, when there is regular drinking involved to a point where we feel like, you know, it's causing a little bit of problems, our relationships will take a massive hit, whether it's with our spouse, partner, um, or you know, our children. And so hearing those reasons for you to, to kind of, for that to be one of the driving forces to, to book into this, I can, I'm sure that many people can yeah. really relate to them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like like a lot of people, um, it, it, it's so social and we usually host quite a lot of events or we've got lots of people coming and going. And it's almost like you get one we get one group of people you have a lot of fun 
they leave, they get to go home and recover. And then another busload come in and then you repeat it. And then that keeps going week after week after week after week. And so I think that's why I was getting so fearful because I knew I couldn't, well, what I could not understand is how I could do all of that without alcohol. I was like, I can't, because of the perceptions around alcohol and other, other people's perceptions of, well, they're coming to stay with me. I can't be the host and go, well, actually, you're not going to go out tonight because I want an early night and watch Netflix or something. You know, they, they're coming, they're yeah. coming out to see us for their holiday as well as it being my holiday. But it, what it ended up being was this like permanent treadmill of us entertaining people and them being able to, they having a wonderful time. Also, I having a lovely, also myself having a lovely time, but they're not getting any time to go, okay, now I can reset. And then you go again. But but also realizing that if I wasn't going to drink, what other people would then think and thinking, well, if I don't drink this year, they might not want to come back next year because they'll think that it's boring Susie. So I sort of put myself on this huge pressure of you've got to be the most fun one because you've got a really fun place to hang out with and it's people's holiday. So I put, I put a, I didn't establish very good boundaries, which from what I've learned in complete control is something which is completely in your own head and no one else would care one bit if, you know, who, who, if I, you know, this is what I learn now. That's what I know now. Right. That's what I didn't know then at all. I thought that I had to be on form. But what was happening, Jen, is that I was not just on form. I was the most drunk person there every single time. Right? I mean, you know, always. Yeah. And what, I, what I've noticed now from this summer is when when I'm not drinking or when I'm not drinking nearly as much, no one else does either. I've been... It's been a revelation as to the the amount that people drink versus the amount that I was drinking. Yeah, and also how much maybe that we realized that we've been the fire starter the whole time. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's something that I certainly realized when I changed my relationship with alcohol. And what many of my clients realize also is that I didn't realize how much of a fire starter to everything I was when I when I took a step back. I realized that people are quite happy not. So, but also what you're saying is, you know, brings up a good point. That feeling of having other people come and join and then they go home and then another group of people come. So for anyone listening to this who have, who already do have, does have a take it or leave it relationship with alcohol, they're like, yeah, but that's, that's easy. You just don't drink, right? No big deal. But it's not that easy when there is an underlying driving factor as to why we can't do that, right? And that's ultimately what brought you to complete control. And it's like, I just want to know when to shut shut down. This is what complete control is. People come into complete control because they want complete control. I was going to say it, but and, and I wanted to understand and 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 be able to do this socializing without having to use alcohol. And I hadn't found that answer yet. And mm. it, it just hadn't. I would, would grit in, and they were going, "Oh, I really want to have fun, and I am having fun, and thinking I'm really not having fun. I just want to go home. And how am I going to get through this?" Mm, yeah. So you mentioned before that you're signing up to complete control because you knew what you wanted out of it, what we were, what you were looking or hoping for, what you were seeking, but you didn't realize the work. So 
Tell me about, tell everyone a little bit about what the experience was for you coming into this program, what you thought about it before, what your initial thoughts were meeting people, you know, complete strangers off the bat that were going to be, that we say on the first call, like, hey, get familiar with these people. They're your people for the next eight weeks. I wasn't, I was not prepared for how in, in depth an analysis you were going to get individually um, during those eight weeks. Um, the first call, if we're going into specifics, was extremely daunting for someone who hates being on camera and something that I'm working working on, which is why I'm doing this today. Um, and um, it was it was really reassuring um, to see. I think there was 19 of us on on the call, and everyone you could see everyone else was thinking exactly the same thing. You know, it was like. Well, this is this is interesting, but we all formed quite strong relationships very quickly um, because you could tell immediately um, from the introductions with people. I mean, what a diverse group of people! I'm sure all of your courses um, are because they're you know from around the world. Um, but we all tied in with exactly the same thing, which is like we are at the point in our lives where we know we drink too much but we don't know how to break the habit of thinking that the only way you can enjoy yourself is to have a, is to drink. It was just, it was lovely to see a, a whole sea of people who are in exactly the same boat as yourself. Yeah. Different walks of didn't, earth, right? From all over the... Exactly. Like, didn't matter. Didn't yeah. matter what everyone, I mean, we weren't all carbon copies of each other. We were all, it's such a diverse group of people. Um, all wishing, all wanting change, and and um, everyone was a real support to each other. And as 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 you know, what you know that the, there's, there's two weekly calls, and those weekly calls, I was really looking forward to the first one. I was dreading, obviously, and it was really terrifying. And then you get really used to it, and it, it, I've, I've used that word already. But accountability, it really. You don't want to be the person on the Thursday morning call saying, well, actually, yeah, I was, I got absolutely smashed last night and I'm really hungover because it, what's the point? You want, you want to be really putting yourself in there. And I felt like there was a real common theme there where everyone really wanted to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we didn't all have bumps in the road because I'm sure everyone did. And people were very honest as well. But there were some glorious moments um, with people who were realizing um, that they, you know, they were spent because they weren't drinking. They their relationships with their kids were were so much better, and their weekends were full of activities with their children, with them being completely present. Um, and that was that was a really strong theme that I connected to too. To be fair, mm-hmm. so. That support network, that group of people, was wonderful, and actually, I I really missed it when it when it stopped. Actually, after the eight weeks, it was a bit like, oh, where have they gone? <laughs> and yeah. They're not there anymore. It was a bit like, wow, that was a bit of a dead stop. Um, some of us did try and keep in touch, but it's quite difficult. And um, so, going back to your original question, the inward journey so it's not just the community which you built for us um which was so positive for all of us the individual sessions that we had with all the coaches 
um, where you took us on this. I mean, the first, the, it was daunting. The first, the first time we, when you get the first workbook, you're like, wow, that's a lot of things for you to do. And I'm obviously not going to have enough time to do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, your first, that's your first thing. It's like, well, when am I going to fit that in? And then you're like, well, actually, it's not that difficult. And then you, 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 you're very, Complete Control is very good at cutting it down into bite-sized chunks so that you're not spending longer than half an hour doing what you should be doing, what, what the course dictates that you do. And it was it was all into the, I can't remember the very first one, but it was noting, I think the first one was noting down your whys. Why are you here? Why do you want to change your relationship? What is it that is wrong? Um, and that was incredibly powerful. And I, I think I remember a, a talk with, with um, Yuri saying, um, you know, put it down in your journey, write on, uh, sorry, on your journal, put it on the fridge. What are your whys? And keep going back to what are your whys? And that was extremely important. And then that, that then leads to all sorts of other issues, which you have never thought about, about why you're drinking in the first place. Um, and there are lots of different therapy sessions where I remember one particularly strong for me was all about your um, younger self and your inner and your inner child, which I'd never, ever, ever thought about before. Um, had anything to do with the fact that I was drinking, but that that created a huge um, moment for me where I was like, okay, yeah, I was a very insecure child. I was bullied I was I did have a stutter I did find social situation difficult and then connecting the two with okay but when I was 14 I discovered alcohol and that was a marvelous coping mechanism like it was the best thing in the world it was like well hey I don't have to cope with this with these insecurities anymore I can just go and drink and yeah. I literally used that until June this year <laughs> Right on my fish on my fiftieth year, and it was just like no, 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 no. This this coping mechanism does not work for me anymore. So I don't know if I've digressed a little bit, but it was is all to do with the complete control course information and the the teaching that we were given, and the uh, the counselling that we were all given, and the, from the coaches. I mean, it you get you spend a lot of time, and you have you have a trauma. Uh, week as well and that was I think that was on week two that was that was uh for someone who didn't think I had any trauma you know I hadn't broken a leg or you know had a ski accident or I don't know hadn't had any major like big things events in my life mm. I hadn't realized what actual trauma doesn't need to be one big event um so um realizing that and was huge for me um so and how that and how and how that then created the numbing not just from the socializing and the social anxiety but also to cover up things in the past that you hadn't really addressed um, of course so yeah I mean it's just it's created a marvelous inward journey um which is rocky at times glorious at other times and um, quite uh, quite peaceful at other times because you know the knowledge is power right you keep giving us so much more knowledge and that knowledge especially for someone like me who needs 
like I'd write lists constantly to get through my days. You know, that knowledge equals, it does equal power. It equals like you can change because you know why you've been doing this. And all the stuff on neuroplasticity, sorry, put my teeth back in, and growth mindset and, you know, habit changing and all this sort of things, which for someone who literally just joined up on a Monday morning hungover, determined to get through the summer, had no idea that I would be having any, any knowledge of all this Um and that's what makes you change. It's not because you're on a course for eight weeks and you're no. you're just not drinking alcohol because you can't. It's because, you know, you're learning all the whys, which is, I think, what I started off on about five minutes. <laughs> right. But there's so much in what you said there. But the whole idea of, like, we sign up to something and many people do sign up to programs or these quick fixes thinking, this is going to fix me. But... If they're not willing to do the work, it's not going to work, right? Then the, that's the thing with this program. We make you do the work. There's no way you get reminders. We chase you, you know. We, there's no escaping, but it's the intensity that makes it successful. But what you mentioned there of our um, the week two, we have, we have trauma-informed coaches who help, who help, every, help the clients understand themselves a little bit more and help dive into these, the roots of the patterns that we have still today. So... You mentioned when you were little, feeling being insecure, being bullied, having a stutter, uh, and then coming into your your teens and discovering alcohol, which then either helped you feel confident, false confidence, or and it also when someone bullied you, you know that you that would kind of go away. So I can see how that for a person can continue in life in a sense of like. If we feel bad about something someone says, it can trigger those very old wounds that many people today in adult form do an adult life do not realize that they are directly tied to the the things we experienced when we were little and how we learned to cope with it. And then the discovery of alcohol in our early teens kind of disallowed us from ever learning to self soothe ourselves and 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 grow the confidence because alcohol kind of took care of that. Until this point, like you said, here you are in year 15, you're like, oh, I didn't realize this was going on. <laughs> so, well, well, I mean, since discover- having that discovery, so to say, or that, that awakening to how our past and our experiences as, as younger, how that still determines how we operate today, how fast were the growth trajectory for you from understanding your own patterns and learning to self-soothe and learning to understand yourself tell us a li- tell us a little bit about what's how fast from the start of the course yes exactly from you having let's say that epiphany of like oh my goodness this is i can see how i went from feeling insecure and having you know a difficult time when i was younger and then alcohol taking over boom and just without knowledge that I think it was a real slap in the face. To be fair, on that on that week too, that was a pretty well. I wow, okay, um, a big that was a big moment, and I wouldn't say I I changed overnight, but what it did allow me to do for the first time ever, I think, in my whole life, was to be aware of self compassion, and rather than numbing all those little Susie feelings actually saying it's okay to feel like this but you're not six anymore 
you're 50 and you are a grown-up lady who is absolutely who can deal with this without the alcohol you're doing great but you have ups and downs now and i i'd say yes. for anyone listening even when you change your relationship with alcohol for a long time for me it was 2018 I still have days that suck, you know, not because I'm drinking, but because life is rocky. Life is tough. We still have stuff that we carry with us that we work on. We're all work in progress, right? That actually, it's okay not to be perfect. I think I was, I, I think that's why I was always so worried about summer and entertaining. You just you want to portray that you are absolutely fine. And using alcohol does help that, but... Um, lots of occasions not when you drink too much that's the thing it's, it's understanding that even in adult form we still have some really old beliefs about ourselves or ways of, of, of self-soothing or not self-soothing ourselves in the correct way which will have a direct impact on how we show up and so with the compassion for yourself now, there's something that you mentioned before, that's something that really came out of that was having that self-compassion. Yeah. And the yeah. Imperfe imperfection being one of these things. Because when we don't feel, if if we were bullied, if we were, if our confidence wasn't great, right? And then alcohol kind of helped with the false confidence for a longer period of our lives. Within that false confidence and just getting by, we will find ways of trying to make ourselves feel better, like perfectionism. You know, even though we don't we don't feel great on the inside, then we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that it looks great on the outside. So that worry of imperfection, like why would you even make anyone think that you haven't got your sugar together, <laughs> your shit together? But yeah. I have to edit that out. That you don't have your stuff all together because you know we're human, but. Now in an adult, in, in our adult self, we can kind of go, yeah, you know what, it's okay. I'm, I'm flawed. I'm confident in that. But realizing that when we feel insecure, our own personal insecurity, that shame feeling, fear, the feeling, fear of disconnection, that it comes so deeply rooted from when we were little, when we were bullied, when we weren't confident, right? Just making those parallels and realizing that, okay, with that understanding, I can now work on myself. I can do the work and remind myself because... We regress quickly, right? We can get very triggered. Our nervous system can get very triggered. And this is often when people choose to drink. This is where they learn to self-soothe with booze, to escape. They just tap out. And with this process of you going through this program and, and learning um, about neuroplasticity and, and figuring out, you know, what you need to do in order to feel better, can you see your, the patterns a lot easier? And do you find oh, that it goodness. becomes quite easy to go, oh, I'm feeling like this yeah. because of that? Yeah. So let me let me pick up on that because when you were saying that, it was making me think about the um, first beat that we, that we wear on the first, I can't remember how long we wear it for, which mm. uh, monitors your nervous system. Um, and that to me was so important because I didn't know that my nervous system was in a state of high anxiety. Well, I was in a state of high anxiety all the time. <laughs> all the time. Mm. In red all the time. And for the listeners, yeah. use this um, incredible um, technology that it's called First Beat and they measure, we, they have to wear them for three days, four, three or four days, like night, day and night, day and night. <laughs> People don't always love it, but it gives such a great insight as to what goes on in here. Because we can slap on a face and put some makeup on and, you know, sh refresh ourselves so we look good. But yeah, what what's actually going on on the inside, that's that's the kicker. And I think that's been a 
catalyst for people in this program when they go, oh my goodness, this is where yeah. I'm at. And so your normal every day was on red, like yeah, right there. And I and I had I if I hadn't have had that, it's, it's knowledge is power again. If I hadn't have physically seen that on my app every morning, I was like I would have I wouldn't have any idea. But it but it also made me understand the feeling that of your nervous system, which I just always thought I was. I don't know what it was. Like maybe I just thought I was always a bit overexcited, which was the feeling that I would get before going out, um, and I would therefore want to have it. I would I would get ready with a glass of champagne or something before I was going out because my nerve without without me realizing my nervous system was going. You're going out. You're going out. You need to you know. And I was like in this high state, and um, I needed to calm myself down. And how I'd grown used to calming my sound, myself down to face these, this social situation was to have a glass of wine. And that would, that, would, that would stop that feeling. But before wearing the first beat and before coming on complete control, I didn't know why or what that feeling was. And so that was as powerful as trauma week or, you know, it, all the other, it's, it's all the pieces that you, that you provide that give us all these di- different bits of information, which, which, which make, which make you able to understand and then be able, but then be able to change those behaviors because that was a really, you know, I, I had no idea about things like the vagus nerve and that being connected to, you know, your fight, flight or freeze and, you know, all of those you know, more information. It's just like you have to be a big sponge to um, take it all in. It's not. It's not just the one thing. I think that the course has given me that well that that has changed my relationship. It's all of the information that you're constantly getting and you're constantly um, absorbing. You do have to become a bit of a sponge. It's not light work either, no. but it's it's fascinating work. I mean, I'm I I've really enjoyed all everything that I've learned so did you think when you on that Monday morning when the head is a bit muddled you're like oh, this looks good this looks complete control eight weeks perfect done this is what I need for the summer did you think that eight weeks could have such a big impact on you no but I was hoping I was really hoping that it would <laughs> yeah no, for but sure. I'd but I'd grasped at straws before. I think, for me, I've just said that there wasn't one thing, but for that particular eight weeks and the fact that I was away for eight weeks, the accountability of the other complete control members, every, you know, twice a week turning up and having to face them was was uh, something that really did um, make my summer change. If we're being that specific about the summer and the actual the actual course, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I think I also, the other thing which I, I forgot to mention, I think with everyone who was, who I who was coming out and be spending time with us this summer, maybe they won't come next, next time because I think I must have bored them more stupid because I just could not stop talking about it because it was having, <laughs> it was having such an impact, you know, and they, they were sitting there with their rosé and whatever. And I was, and I was, yeah, but, but look, and, and trying to explain because I'm a bit like that. My personality is if I find something, I'm engaged in something. I want everyone else to know what I'm what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, rest assured, everyone who, who I was with in the summer 
We'll know all about complete control. <laughs> and there is good that. I but I think, I think that's yeah. wonderful. It, it, it's that ripple effect, you know, because you never know. I always say this to everyone, you know, stand for what you do. And maybe that if you, you know, we can have a positive impact on one person around us. And this is what, what our motto has always been within One You Know Beer is that, you know, have a positive impact on someone to try to help them transform their relationship with alcohol and watch how their own environment changes, you know, with them. Right. Yeah, because of course they would have real they would have seen, you know, that this is not the same Susie as last summer. No, of course. And it wasn't yeah. this it wasn't the Susie who would go, I'm not drinking. I'm really trying hard to enjoy myself. It was like, No, I'm actually I'm fine. I'm having yeah. a really nice time. It I'm not saying but you're gonna ask them to get up and go for a run at seven in the morning. They're <laughs> 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 like, Don't knock on my door. No, but and I, I was, but that, but that's that is part of the wondrous part of the summer. I was doing that, Jen. You know, I was, and I, re, I remember, Jim. You know, so, no, and and what I also loved on your holiday, you actually connected with a couple of uh, other complete control members. One that has done it yeah. famously, and one that was in your cohort. Actually, you met, oh, yeah, I loved. Yeah, on our last, in our the very last session, I know. Uh, yeah, we both did it on the same in the in the in the balcony. And it was wonderful. And we were seeing that a lot more people are, are they tend to, if, if there, if there are several people we'll say within London or in the London area or in, in any area close to each other, they do make an effort to go and meet up, which is more and more beautiful. And hopefully we'll get these uh, socials launched eventually, but, but it's just wonderful. We all, the, the connection piece of, let's talk a little bit more about that piece from the program, because you've mentioned that several times now and how you feel that was probably again, such an important part of you continuously showing up for yourself because you felt the accountability, you felt the support. And like we said, there's people from all over the world, different backgrounds, moms, dads, no kids, uh, whatever professions it is. But, and it, but there was, you know, we see this and we are, have, we are on CC16 right now. We're about to lo- launch CC17, right? So we've seen this again and it's just, continuously the group element is so powerful and we that is a big topic that we talk about you know how um connection is the opposite of addiction and yeah you know how connectivity is is important and so seeing those peers within you know the same group you know people coming into this they've got stuff going on but maybe they don't have enough people to talk about it with because also you have successful people coming in here and and the, the more successful you are, the less people you have to talk about talk about your about your problems with, right? So, so having that or um, that group connectivity and being able to be vulnerable, you know, is what people love so much. But it's unexpected because vulnerability, remember that for a society that has been a no no. It's been it used to be, you know, brush everything under the under the rug. Don't show people your weakness and. So we, we drilled that so hard when people joined this program about the vulnerability piece. How did you find that? I mean, going from saying they'd be terrified on the first call, but then getting better better, that vulnerability piece. What, well, I have to say, I wasn't the first one to volunteer, I have to say. And there were lots of far braver people than me. But as soon as, as, soon as people um, open up, um, you just get so much compassion and there's so much to identify with. That there's and it's it, nothing. None of it is is shameful. All of it is just people's truth, and that's yeah. uh, that's that's just really that's really unifying. 
because everyone can identify with it. Everyone, you know, you could see, because you see everyone's faces, obviously, and you can see everyone going, yep, I understand that, and yep, got that, and yep, that's completely how I feel, and and also, you know, you just you just feel like patting. You sort of wish you were in the same room and giving them a pat on the back and going, "That's awesome." It's not. Yeah. It's not something to be. Um, I don't want to use shame again, but it it. And when you when you begin to open up to people, it's it releases a whole load of that anxiety that's that's associated with it because you're talking about it and if you're talking about it to people who really do understand your situation because they're going through exactly the same thing it's even more powerful mm. you know it wouldn't I wouldn't be the same if I if if you were talking to people who weren't at the point where they you know they were still loving alcohol or you know they were still on a you know d- a different path but because everyone was there and the commonality was we've got to, we want to do something about our lives we know we're not living it up full potential and we want to be superhuman let's pause just for a brief moment i just want to share with you some of the heartfelt feedback from our incredible complete control community members listen to this i i don't know how i signed up i think i just got an ad on instagram and just got a whim just hit the button and did a call and then signed up and didn't really consciously think much about it then after that i was like what did i just sign up for wait a second here like far exceeded my expectations. I'm usually extremely skeptical, so I don't know how I even signed up in the first place, but whatever it was. Um, so it's just amazing how like the transformation that I've seen and even the drinking part is just kind of the super, it, it was the Achilles heel, but it's kind of just the superficial problem. And it's like, once I kind of clear that up, there's so much more possibility and, and you know, the exploration discussions with Gary, with Candace have just been so powerful and kind of they both kind of focus on a different area. And then with Glenn kind of looking at my data and with my co- cohorts or classmates or, you know, it's just been just, everything has just been so powerful and kind of supportive of, you know, completing the whole picture of how I do this. Um, so just really grateful and, and uh, yeah. And, and, and also just feel more grateful and not only just for all of you, but just, just in life in general, it's just a little bit more clarity and peace and calm and, and, and so forth. So I am incredibly grateful for this entire program, everybody on this call and everything that we were able to experience. Um, I think that it delivered more than I expected. Honestly, I, I, like I've said before, I've done a couple of like challenges and different things. And I think that this beyond um, examining my relationship with alcohol and making, I think, pretty good strides in in um, staying alcohol free, um, I think it taught me a ton about myself and how to like examine my habits and my thoughts and those kind of um, patterns and ways to ways to approach the things that worried me the most in this in this experience um, have just been invaluable. I think I'm leaving feeling um, in stronger in general, more self-aware in general, and um, just really more anchored in who I want to be and what my values are and how I can you know take better steps to achieve those. So it's been fantastic for me. And again. That our team, I, I really 
um, appreciate all the feedback and support from every single person on this call, but my cohort as well. It's been great. So I love everybody that I've met here. I have loved the program. I am not uh, an emotional person like this, but this has changed my life. It, it, it has given me a life. Um, and there's other things I need to do too, um, but I don't have to do a clock call anymore. So thank you. It's been an amazing journey and a very, I appreciate the professionalism. Whenever I feel the stress, I, there's there's something that I can go back to, to everybody and the sharing from everybody and the professionalism of the program. So I loved it. And I've grown a lot. So, ups and kisses. One word is transformational. That's a word that's been bandied about for decades. But in this, it is absolutely accurate, if I was to use one word. This was a great investment. It's not... It's not self-help, it's self-realization. It's um, super powerful, but it, it exceeded my expectations. Or maybe it was Sharon who said that, um, uh, or maybe I'm exceeding my expectations, and I like that. I mean, the program has been hugely, a huge growth at some program. I think the journey of for myself has been amazing. I mean, I remember telling, I don't know if it was Candace or Gary, the first three or four weeks of the program, I was like, I can't stop thinking about not drinking. It's just, it's in my head. I'm ha every day I'm thinking about not drinking. And it's it's like now I'm not even thinking about it. You know, it's just like my life has sort of stepped on. I'm excited about the future. Um, things are looking good. Things are looking good. I just love sharing the things people are saying about our complete control program. Okay, let's get back into the episode. So... You mentioned before in the beginning of the call, you said, you know, coming to the end of the summer, not feeling great, not feeling great in your relationship with your partner, your husband, and, you know, in general, just not feeling good. So fast forward, we've, we've done, can we control, and then you sign up to do, continue your coaching within our Limitless program. Yeah. And continue the work. Where are you at right now? And what was the, what was the result of doing the program? And what happened with your confidence, you know, in yourself to begin with, but what impact did it have on your on your marriage? It was so. I mean, there's been so so much impact. It, uh, we are we are in from the start from June to where we are now is a completely different Susie, and in in all of her relationships, not just marriage. Um, and it has it seems to be as soon as you open up to all this pain actually that's inside that you've been numbing for so long things just keep happening to you which keep that are on the same sort of path I don't mean I had to explain that but so you know so as soon as we got back from the summer we started we I researched and we've started couples therapy and that has been an eye-opener like a game changer um and uh I think every person should do that. Every married couple should be happy. Because you get the chance to actually fully understand each other. What I what, what I hadn't realized is how little each of us know about what goes on inside your brain. I think I probably know about 2% of what goes on with my husband inside his head and vice versa. And once again, knowledge is power, right? And it's really given us an opportunity Um 
to heal, I think, heal and be more joyful. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, that we're not going to have our issues and we obviously will. But um, complete controls definitely contribute. Well, it was a big driving force in me going down that route and going, there's no shame in saying I'm going to look at couples therapy. Um, it's it's actually it's just a big win for both yeah. of us. And thankfully, I've got a husband who was very up for um, getting involved, and he's really immersed himself with it too. Um, I think he's just so delighted that he just doesn't have a drunk wife constantly all the time. And I cannot agree with you more there um, about everyone could everyone who's married could do with couples counselling. I think just like with drinking and not drinking, there's been so much stigma around therapy, right? And then, and then coaching came along and everything, oh, now everyone has a coach. It's kind of normal. But for a long time, I was going to see a therapist. Oh, that's just something, you know, that you do. There's something really wrong. Why? why? You know, why not help us, you know, advance in our mind or in our relationships if we want, if we want to change something and if it's not really working and but we have the intention, then hire a professional that can help you and that is you know couples therapy is incredible we're a huge fan both me and we have done and we have done a couples therapy together and i say i I recommend it to my clients often but what i also see with kai is coming through um this program is they have this stance of either one or the other of the partner they really want to go to couples therapy but the other partner doesn't want to do it because they see it as a failure of of marriage and i think that's where society and the stigma comes from it's like oh yeah. couples therapy does you know does that mean you got something going on just like oh you're not drinking why do you have a problem with alcohol no yeah <laughs> it's the same thing right it's like yeah. that shame it's yeah like the world is covered in shame because we're different oh why don't you fit this this mold that yeah. everyone drinks and are miserable just be like that why yeah. do you want to work on yourself <laughs> yeah and i know and uh, and that's how i would have been before complete control but what what it what, what complete control really really showed me was that alcohol and the numbing was just making me stuck in the same place, and my husband and I were just constantly going around the same circle, and we were never ever ever going to get off it. We were never going to get off this merry-go-round until things actually changed, and we admitted, you know, this this we, we've got to unless we can find some external help that's right for us both then this isn't gonna this we're just gonna keep doing exactly the same thing and we've already noticed and it's not perfect but we have already noticed that we we can read situations so much better together now i can look at my husband and uh think he's doing that because of such and such whereas before i'd be like why doesn't he understand that he needs to do this? And so it's 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 a beautiful thing, actually. It's yeah, really, but it's really working. But drinking makes us emotional. We think emotionally, everything, it becomes very emotional, right? So we 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 kind of remove that that prefrontal cortex and reasoning and all that stuff. It's just gone. So we just become this emotional, and we regress. So if we have this underlying pain, a fear, or disconnect, or, you know, not feeling good about ourselves. it's going to fuel that. And then we'll take someone else's behavior and make it about us. Oh, they're doing this because of this. They don't love me. They don't support me and all that stuff. 
So you said something earlier about, you know, the, the journey and, you know, it's it, you're in a better place. But tell me a little bit, like, if you can identify what was what was alcohol doing to you, taking from you? If you were to look at yourself, you know, when you say you, me, me and my husband, we used to just have the same circle. Oh, it would be the same thing all the time. What was alcohol doing for you? What, what was it taking from you? Was it was taking away all of my... It, 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 gradually, it, it took away it, it took away everything of who I really was because it, it had numbed me so much. I'd numbed myself down completely, completely numbed myself down. I couldn't, I didn't think clearly. I, I didn't ever wake up with a clear head. You know, I didn't have any um, desire to move forward, right? I just, I was just thinking about, I mean, it didn't get that bad, but it almost was. When's my next event? When's this way where I can next go drinking? You know, it's, it's just, it, it literally did dominate everything. Um, and so you take that out of the equation and you get such wonderful, clear thinking that your brain is awake, is reawakened. I actually, I feel like I've, I've had a rebirth. I really do feel like I'm, I've, I'm in this like glorious renaissance <laughs> at the moment where it's like, wow, the world is out there again, rather than going around being stuck on the, yeah. the hamster wheel of alcohol. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, it's I cannot say enough how amazed I've been and how much more function my brain has and how much more I want it to do and how much I know that I am capable of so much more. And it's also it's also opened up all sorts of other things. I mean, I'm having my own individual counselling as well. And um, straight after this call, I'm going to, for a psychiatric test because actually they think I've got ADHD, which does really resonate with me with all of the problems I had as a child and my inferiority complex and thinking I wasn't good enough, etc. And my excited like nature and uh, comp compulsive behavior, like um, your viewers don't know this, but I go to the gym probably as much as Jen goes to the gym. You know, I get fixated on particular things, and it's again knowledge, right? So that's that that has that has the fact that I went to counselling as well after the complete control was because I was my brain was think was was thinking. You know, there's more to this. I need yeah. to understand. Whereas had I not done the course, I would have still been in the cycle of just drinking and not even go, getting underneath the, the layers, you know, peeling the onion that is referred to quite a lot, you know, so uh, just so much, you know, and I've taken as a result since complete control, so many really good decisions. I mean, I think I mentioned at the beginning, it's my 50th year and in the summer, I was so down on alcohol, alcohol and uh, well, you know, partying and socializing. Didn't know how I was going to do it, and I didn't want to have a fiftieth birthday, and I wasn't going to do it. And now I've just found myself. I've had three massive celebrations, and I haven't. I've navigated it all really well <laughs> without having to worry about it. So that's been a completely different mind shift. Um, and I've made a great decision as well. You know, I'd, rather than having a big girls' weekend that I usually do each year I went to the Mayo Clinic in Austria instead and decided that I wanted to focus on my wellness and what was good for me and creating those boundaries and actually having to say to my friends who were naturally quite disappointed 
actually, I'm not going to do that again. And I had the courage to say, I'm, this is my year and I'm focusing on me. I'm not going to just repeat because it's what everyone's expecting. Because I'm not going to have a nice time. I'm going to end up in a place where I'm really sad because I don't want to be in that place. I want to be this fit, healthy, well, interesting person that I know I can be. It taught me how to change my boundaries. And with my family relationship as well, my mum and my, my brother and my sister, I've just had a, a big 50th celebration with them. And I, at the beginning of the year, there's no way I would have done that because, you know, our relationship wasn't wonderful. But, you know, it, it's, all, it's, all been, it's all healing. It's all very much healing. So but just to pick up what you said about having going, being tested for ADHD, and, and I can't say tell the, the exact percentage, but we have a large number of, of people coming into this program who are either aware of their ADHD and that being driving factor of why they drink because they want to silence their mind or, or, or like you said, all those inferiority and complex and all that stuff that comes potentially with, with ADHD, right? But they they're not aware that they have a we have several people like yourself who come through this and then they've gone and they've spoken to a therapist obviously that's not something that we are qualified to talk about no. because we're just coaches but we always say yeah hey if you're curious because the curiosity always comes to the person because you know you more than and better than anyone else right but they go hey i'm a little bit curious about myself that i'm, I'm thinking maybe i am bipolar or maybe i am adhd or ADD and and, and so they become curious and then they go and they speak to therapists and, and they, you know, yes, they're right. And they've been right the whole long, but they, they realize also how much of a, a self-medicating purpose alcohol has had for them yeah. because it's one way to one degree or another, it helps kind of put a plaster on all those, all the yeah. symptoms. Whereas now through complete control, gosh, there's the, you know, the exercise, the meditation, the, the nutrition, like all that yeah. stuff that we can do ourselves to help that mind, you know, get some relief from it, from, but if we don't know, we don't know, right? No, I know. It's what I keep coming back to. It's the knowledge is power. That's yeah. the, that's the thing that this course really does start, you know, it kickstarts in a, in a very powerful way, the process that you can then you can continue you can keep continuing for the rest of your life right I think I think we were saying at the beginning you know what did I want out of the eight-week course you know I wanted to just stop drinking but that's just not that's not it I you know I've, what I've realized is that my journey is not just to stop drinking my journey is to know why I started and why I couldn't stop yeah, yeah. and and that is that's really that's really where I am at the moment with it. And all these wondrous things that I'm finding out about myself. If I'm not ADHD, it doesn't matter. It just, but I know that I know from complete control from the first beat that I have a very highly active nervous system, which, and I know, and, and I know, I know I am impulsive and I know lots of other things. And if that transpires that I am ADHD, great. That gives me more information to go, it's okay, little Susie. It's really okay because this is how you always have been and you've got the tools now to deal with it rather than to just grab a glass of wine. Yeah. And without grabbing the glass of wine, you don't get the hangover. And what I haven't mentioned with you, Jen, actually, which was one of the other big, big, big factors and not just the summer and how I cope with the summer, is as a 50-year-old woman, hangovers are absolutely shocking. 
and I could not cope with it. My nervous system was shot for days. I mean, I was tingling. I I I was almost shaking. You know, and my my anxiety levels were through the roof. Um, and I didn't want to live like that, but because I was caught in the alcohol trap, I didn't know how to stop myself from drinking. But then I couldn't cope with the days afterwards. So then, because I couldn't cope with my heightened nervous system and that awful feeling, I'd want to drink again because I couldn't level myself out. And so it was just an awful, awful mess of everything that I was doing just wasn't working. But I didn't know how to crawl out of it. Whereas this is, this is how this is how I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, one thing that I hear often is people ask, you know, why are you not drinking? Why are you not having a drink? I'm like, well, I don't really drink. And they go, oh, but why? Well, you know, you're too healthy and you do, you're, you're overachieving and too fit and, you know, all that stuff. There's always, they, they have a comment about it. I don't mind, right? And I'm sure you get the same from people like, you know, why wouldn't you want to drink? Like, this is the only thing that we have. We need to live a little. This is the classic one we often get. Like, we need to live a little too. There's always a narrative for, for to kind of, able to make themselves feel better but you can also feel that underlying insecurity about having to defend something and i you know again we don't demonize alcohol it's like hey we have a take it or leave it relationship i mostly leave it because it has that impacts me so badly right that that but that's me so where are you now with alcohol in the sense of knowing where it's at and learning more about yourself and the com your compulsive uh, triggers and all that stuff. You know, coming into this, you just wanted to be able to take it or leave it, have complete control. How far along on that journey do you feel like you are right now? Well, talk to me last week and I would have said I'm right back to where I was at the beginning. Probably that was a bit harsh. I've got a very strong yeah. inner critic. Um, however, um, I am leap years away from where I where I was in June um, because I I have control over my behavior. I know where it's coming from. I know the urges. I know how to deal with it. I've got all. I've got the toolkit is enormous. I'm not saying I'm infallible, however, though, Jen. You know I'm not. I have moments where I really want to drink, and I had a, one of those at my friend's wedding last week, and I drank, and then I felt awful. Um, and I beat myself up about it, um, left you a massive voicemail saying, I'm not going to, why would you want me on your podcast? I'm not good enough. I'm still on my journey for sure. But then I, I, I sort of, I don't think I'm ever going to get that ta-da moment where it's like, okay, I've, I've nailed it. I'm never going to have a drink ever again in my life. But I don't, but I'm at the point now, and where are we, like eight, nine months in, where I feel like in lots of situations, I can take it or leave it. I was out last night at the pub. I didn't have anything. You know, I've, I've been out so many, I've done so many things. I read at my, read my, another friend's wedding. I didn't drink. I could never have imagined that. So for me, Jen, it's all about keeping on putting myself into these situations where historically I would be drinking. And every time I don't, I get stronger. And every time I don't, I realize that it just isn't adding anything to my life. It's not giving me anything. It's just making everything a lot worse, especially the next day. So I'm in a, I think I'm in a really good place. And the fact that I'm still married is a bonus. <laughs> and I've got a very good relationship with my daughter and my son. Uh, and it's so much more improved. Um, 
they hate drunk mummy. They absolutely hate drunk mummy. They're at a stage where it was becoming very obvious. So I think I'm I'm in I'm in a stage where I can handle it. I haven't cracked it. I haven't cracked it at all. But I'm definitely I'm not scared of it anymore. Whereas yeah. I was really scared at the summer. How how do I how do I live like this? How do I how do I enjoy this wonderful life that I have without alcohol? And it's like it seems so bizarre that I would even have thought that because there's so much more. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so much more. So I think I think that's where I am with it. I'm I'm at peace. I'm at peace with it because I'm understanding yeah. myself. Love that. So to go back to what you said, you left a voice message from your voice note with me last week saying, "That's it. I'm not coming on the podcast." And I was like, "This is exactly why you're coming on this podcast because you're a human being, and it's not that we're not yeah. perfection, but what it is with you, Susie, is that." You go through it, observe yourself, and then you can you can you work on yourself continuously, right? No, that might from the outside that sounds exhausting. It's not. We're just working on what's best for us. How do I learn from this, and how do I want to move forward? That's all that matters, right? And so, thank you for sharing that story because I think that's so important. It's not about not drinking. It's about going through it, understanding our emotions. And you're at your friend's wedding. Hey, I wanted to have a couple of drinks there again. Anyone listening who don't know my story, I have changed my relationship. I changed my relationship with alcohol in 2018. I have a take it or leave it a couple of times a year at a selected time or not. So I'm I'm at peace with going to a friend's wedding or an occasion with my ladies out or one evening. Maybe, but mostly not. But the point is that what you said, that maybe there won't be a eureka moment. There will be at some point, but it's not going to be like, ta-da! It's going to be like, huh. And so I'll tell you what mine was. It was telling, saying to Rue way back when I said, huh, I think this is, it's been two Fridays that I, have gone, that I haven't even thought about having Rosie because that would be my thing. Like Friday, Rosie time. And I said, I think, I think two Fridays have passed and I, and I hadn't had anything to drink and I wasn't bothered. The attachment was gone. So that for me was my aha moment. But it wasn't like glory. It was just a like realization, right? And so everyone gets this at some point. And I had a client the other day who was in the cohort, uh, in the in the cohort before you. And he was just saying, I've just realized that I'm just not interested. I'm just interested because because when it comes up, I, it pops up like, oh, celebration. It's this, it's after work, it's whatever it is. And he goes... I, yeah, I, I know, but I also like, I just know how I'll feel tomorrow and how it's going to affect mm. me. And I'm not willing to take that right now. Maybe there will be one day and there'll be a given occasion and an appropriate time to do it, but, but not attached to it. And I was like, ah, there it is. There's that moment, right? So there will be something for you as well that will, but it's not going to be this ta da. <laughs> no. And I'm someone who likes it. I like to tick things off my list. And I don't yeah. think this this isn't ticked off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, I can't it, measure this yet. It, it's still work in progress, but boy, is it oh, a million, million times improved. And I love, and I haven't mentioned this, I love how well I feel. Because I, I like being well. I like, you know, my training at the gym has gone has everything has improved right and that's how I want to feel I want to feel like that I don't want to feel 
sluggish and not be, you know, and thinking, oh God, I've got to think today or, you know, I've got to, you know, oh, I don't want to start my days going, oh God, I've got to. I mean, I'm, I'm so over that. I love it when I'm waking up and going, I've done my meditation. I've done my journaling. I've done some stretching. I've gone to the gym and then, you know, then the, then the day is set up and the early mornings, I'm a morning person. I love the sunrise, right? I mean, it's my thing. So, you know, I just don't, I just don't really go out after 10 o'clock anymore. <laughs> I'd be a bad vampire. And, and many, many people say, oh, well, you know, like, drinking is the only last fun thing I have. We need to have some fun too, right? And people say, well, if I don't drink, I'm going to become boring. It doesn't sound like you, you, you've become very boring at all. It sounds like you're just enjoying more and more fun. No, and I'm doing it for me with addressing my boundaries. So I'm much better at picking and choosing and, and actually saying, no, I don't actually want to do that. And looking after what's good for me. Whereas before I'd just be like, well, I'm just going to go and then regress it. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing. No, I'm definitely not boring, Jen. <laughs> no, gosh, no. Um, honestly, thank you so much for coming out, um, co coming out, coming on to this podcast and sharing your story. And I, I know there's going to be a lot of people um, relating to this. And I think when we just to finish off, I, I feel like I've, I've missed um, covering an area for you, which we talked about in coaching so much. And I think this is an important piece to talk about. And that is when we women those of us who become mothers you know something tends to happen we we tend to maybe lose a little part of us even if momentarily and i see this in so many of my clients who come through they kind of just feel like they lost a little, themselves a little bit and alcohol became that constant companion share a little bit about your story and, and yeah. your angle on that because i think that's also powerful and i think something many people can relate to so yeah i had a marketing firm um, I shut it down because we were going to go to Boston and uh, that didn't end up happening. But then I had uh, my son very quickly after that and then a daughter very quickly after that. I have a very uh, hardworking husband, uh, successful, and he was absent a lot of the time when the kids, especially in their preschool years. And um, I got very lonely, I think. I got very lonely. Um, I wasn't very good at NCT type meeting other mothers in fact I would shy away from it I, re I really would shy away from it um and it would get to six o'clock I remember um and it would be bath and bed and I hated bath and bed I don't know why the routine of it I was just literally uh I think I was maybe a little bit depressed anyway I would reach for the wine it probably it would probably start at five or six o'clock in the evening and that that would be my night and that I would get the kids to bed and then I'd be on my own and I wouldn't I couldn't go out because I had the kids upstairs and uh, my husband might be away and I slowly and surely sort of lost all identity of who I had become and I'm not saying I love being a mother to young kids but I felt very isolated and I wanted, I wanted it, to, I wanted my life to, I wanted to have my husband there with me all the time, but he wasn't. And so I, I, I got quite resentful and then I would drink more because I was resentful. And then, um, because the, and the, the kids wouldn't know if I was drinking or not, because they were like tiny little kids. And I did, I felt like my, all my 
all my power had gone and I didn't I didn't know who I was anymore and I'm not saying that I had a a bad um it wasn't like it was a bad time in my life it was just I wasn't handling it very well I didn't want to I, I felt very I just felt very lonely and alcohol became my buddy and I would I would love and then it got to the point I guess when the kids were about five or six where my husband had begun to notice quite how much I was drinking and he'd get home and I would surreptitiously like hide my glass behind the sofa and, and start behaving like that and that's when the problem started for me when I started hiding but I was doing it all because I wasn't happy and I'd lost myself and I'd lost I'd I'd I got really insecure about my ability of, of who it was I wanted to be. And I, I, I sort of, I didn't, I lost my confidence, I think. I just lost my confidence. I knew I, I, I needed, I, I should have put something in place where I had something extra and I wasn't just staying at home. But I wanted, we'd made the decision that I was going to stay at home with the kids. And I did love staying at home with the kids. But then when you do that, I think it does sort of, misplaced your true suit more. I, I, I lost me. Yeah. And then uh, when the kids started boarding school, so we're now in fast forwarding, I was still doing the same thing, Jen. I, I didn't have to look after kids anymore, but I was still finding myself doing behaving exactly the same thing. I mean, talk about a fixed mindset. I mean, mine was very fixed. And because the children were now at boarding school, I was able to go out at lunchtime and drink with my friends, not just in the evening. I mean, like it was, you know, that, that to me was wonderful. You know, I could go out, you know, on a Monday afternoon and go to the pub and find a friend. Do you know what I mean? And that is why alcohol for me really made me lose sight of myself as a woman and what I was, what my capabilities were, because I completely lost my confidence and I replaced it with this so-called friend who really wasn't a friend and 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 it left me with this just uh, such a, a poor relation of myself such a poor relation with myself but I didn't know how to eject myself from either that because it becomes such a habit and a behavior pattern I had no idea how to get myself out of it and actually I was just like looking at other people who were doing exactly the same thing. And I was, but it's because I was surrounding myself with people who were doing exactly the same thing. It wasn't because that was the only, the only people around who were doing, you know, it was just, that's how I was behaving. Mm. Um, and this co complete control has really opened up my eyes to when you get to that, when you get that dependent on alcohol and you have lost all your, all your self-confidence. And especially as a woman, when your kids leave the nest, well, they haven't left completely, but when they don't need you so much and you've put so much energy into them and then they've gone and you then put so much energy into alcohol, what does it then leave you when they, when they, when they don't need you anymore? And your husband has got all sorts of other wonderful things going on in his life. It doesn't, you know, what's left for you. And there was just this big empty vacuum or a big bottle of wine. Yeah, right. And so the bottle of wine would win. And and as I said, because it it seemed sort of normal <laughs> that that was going on, that I just kept doing it. And then it's only when you put it down, you realize, oh, my God, my life isn't over. 
at all. And I, it's, it's full of opportunities. Now I realize that because yeah. I'm not just constantly numbing myself. But um, prior to this course, I wouldn't have realized that. And I would have probably been a divorced single mother um, who had lots of lunches, <laughs> but that's not me, you know, that's no, that's not, that's not who I want to be. And so, yeah, I, I'd, you know, my, I'd love to help other women figure this one out, you know, that you don't have to be this woman who is not by any fault of their own, really. I don't think, I mean, I don't feel ashamed that I was like that because I think lots of women do get to that point. They're just trying to find out where they've gone yeah <laughs> and the answer the answer isn't isn't no, in that obviously it's not in the bottle but it's also not easy which is why change is hard which is what you realize with the coaching and all that stuff we have to really make an effort right and a lot of people feel like that might be too much for them to do so they choose the easy way out which is just keep drinking right and again no judgment there it's just kind of what people what, what the society have done for so long, celebrate, commiserate, happy, sad, whatever it is, we, we drink a sports event, non-sports event. And so, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so um, what would you say to listeners now, if anyone listening, you know, thinking, oh gosh, I can relate so much to what you're saying, you know, that that's me and oh gosh, what do I even do? What's the first step? What do I do for myself? you know, to get out of the space where I'm in. I, f I feel a little bit lost, just like you said, and feel like they lost themselves a bit. Like, what what would you say? What are the first steps? <laughs> Stop drinking. And <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, but seriously, seriously, I mean, it's such a false friend. Um, and, you know, it, it's such an individual thing, Jen, because for me, it was self-confidence. I don't, I don't know what I would actually say. I just think you need to get out, get out there. I'm not saying everyone needs to suddenly go and find a job and be the most successful businesswoman. That's not what I mean at all, you know, but rather than going to the pub with your friend, go for a walk in nature and get yourself signed up to a gym, you know, look after yourself just because we're mature older women doesn't mean that you can't be the fittest you've ever been in your life I mean it's a whole myth this whole oh I'm going through the menopause so therefore I put on weight it's so not true it's because what you, it's an excuse it's, yeah what do we do about it then it right it's such an excuse it's like no just be active get out there and um look after I think the main thing I would say would be look after yourself and alcohol makes you not look after yourself it makes you want to pick out on the sofa and be lazy right I mean it just it doesn't make you do anything um and actually and as you get older it makes you a really bad drunk <laughs> and it's really unattractive <laughs> so I would yeah. yeah I you know look after yourself you know eat well sleep well don't drink as much and and just look after your bodies you know and your mind, all of it. I mean, I just want to do all of it. I want everyone to feel really well. I love feeling well. And that's what stops me from drinking too much anyway, for sure. Well, you feel well, you look well, and it's a pleasure to continue watching you to go grow. And there's still more to come. And so the yeah. reason what I always say to the people, and I, just because I'm a coach doesn't mean I've got 
everything put together. <laughs> Just uh, we're work in progress at all all time. Susie, thank you so much. I really pleasure pleasure being on on the podcast and and no doubt inspiring others. Um, I'd say mums there out there who feel like, oh, maybe I'm a little bit stuck and see what I can do. Well, you know where to find us. You know what we can do for you. But whatever you decide to do, you just need to believe in yourself that you can do it because we know you can and we believe in you. Susie, thank you so much for coming um, on the podcast. And uh, I'll see you on our next coaching call. You will. Thank you, everyone. 